From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget Newsletter. And with me today are CQ's senior budget reporter, Paul Krozak, and Jennifer Schutt, who covers the appropriations process for us. Thanks for joining me again, Paul and Jen. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Good to be here. And here we are with four days left before the government is scheduled to run out of money again. There's still no sign of another stopgap continuing resolution to avoid another government shutdown. Negotiations on a bipartisan budget deal seem stalled. And on top of everything else last week, we got a retirement announcement from the chairman of the House Appropriations Committee. So there's a lot to discuss in our few minutes together. Paul, let's start with the shutdown threat. Uh, The deadline for another stopgap bill is Thursday. Where do we think things stand right now? Well, it's hard to know. Um, Republican leaders at their uh, retreat uh, last week were expressing confidence that there will not be a shutdown and that they will pass another stopgap funding measure. On the other hand, Democrats... Um, have in the past threatened to vote against a stopgap. And Mark Meadows, the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, um, has suggested that, that a lot of the Freedom Caucus members may These vote the against These are right, the hard right Republicans. That's right. right. He suggested, and most of them voted for the stopgap the last time, but he suggested they're tired of stopgaps and they may vote against it this time. And if a lot of them voted against it, unless there was Democratic support, it it would not pass. So um, so it's still up in the air. And I think what we all it, remember what a struggle it was just to get the last stopgap passed, which only lasted for three weeks, and it was still a struggle and led to a three-day shutdown. So obviously Republicans need to put something in that bill to entice Democrats along to get bipartisan support. That's right, or entice Republicans. There's been some talk of maybe attaching the House passed defense bill to it, but it, it's hard to see how that works because Senate Democrats would likely block that bill in the Senate because they want both defense and non-defense increases handled at the same time. And that wouldn't get you any Democratic votes, really? Probably not a lot of Democratic votes. So last time they attached the renewal of the Children's Health Insurance Program to the stopgap to help entice Democrats to go along with it. Could there be something like that again that they could offer to win Democratic support? Yes, there could. Uh, There's been talk of uh, maybe attaching the funding for community health centers or some other programs like that to the coming CR. Okay. And that's what they've done with some of these past CRs is attached various things to draw support. And we think the next stopgap probably lasts till somewhere in March? We've heard it could last until around March 23, 24, just before the Easter recess. Okay. I think it's probably important to note here that the DACA deadline is currently March 5th, and so we could see a CR that coincides with that. Now, that's the deadline for fixing the uh, program that protects the DREAMers, these, these immigrants who came to the U.S. illegally as children. Uh, the president gave Congress until March 5th, you're saying, to get that resolved. Correct. Okay, so that might affect when the stopgap expires. Correct. Okay. Meanwhile, uh, congressional leaders continue to haggle over spending limits for the current fiscal year to get a final spending package approved. 
And Paul, you did some great reporting last week suggesting that the spending levels seem to keep rising as these talks drag on. What's the latest game plan that Republicans are, are offering here to get this resolved? Well, just a couple weeks ago, uh, there was a Republican offer to raise the, the cap levels um, by $80 billion for defense and $63 billion for non-defense um, each year, possibly even slightly higher raises. Those are raises above, above the spending limits that were put in place under this deficit reduction law. That's right. That's and there's, right. those are a lot bigger increases than they had initiated last year they were, that they were talking about. That's right. I mean, last year they were talking about $54 billion for defense and $37 billion for non-defense. That's what Republicans proposed. Um, it's been growing ever since then. It's close to $300 billion now. Over two years, yeah. Over two years. Um, and but that's it's, a whopping increase. It's a whopping increase. It's interesting because uh, you, have, uh, you have the deficit in 2019. It looks like it could be $1 trillion or more. I mean, it was in the neighborhood um, just last year of being projected around $600 billion or so. But then you have the tax cut, which is reducing revenues, then you have whatever comes out of a budget deal and uh, disaster spending um, and so on. So um, a yeah, lot of money is being spent. And we should say Democrats are not uh, aren't agreeing to these new spending cap proposals, right? They're still fighting for parity, equal amounts, defense, non-defense. They, so that- they are still fighting for parity, although there were some Democrats who were – at least considering the idea of of this 80 billion for defense and 63 billion for non-defense because they were assuming that there would be other non-defense increases additional to the cap increases but then what happened um, a couple uh, weekends ago um, is that republicans made another offer which would have used a lot of the non-defense cap increase for infrastructure, which means less available for other non-defense items, and this uh, this caused um, consternation um, among a lot of Democrats. They look at it as going in the wrong direction. Okay, and then as these spending as these spending levels keep rising, it was striking to me, Jen, that President Trump really had nothing to say about the country's fiscal challenges in his State of the Union address last week. You pointed out all these spending initiatives he wants and precious little in the speech about curbing the red ink. Right. One of the things we heard from candidate Donald Trump before he won the general election was that he was going to focus a lot on the the deficit and bringing down the deficit. And that's something that the administration made a very big point of when they released their budget request last year for fiscal 2018. But in looking at the numbers that we're seeing from Paul's reporting on how how much we may see discretionary spending increase and the increasing cost of mandatory spending programs like Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. All of that is leading to the possibility that we do once again see trillion-dollar deficits with a unified Republican government. And it seems like a lot of the the deficit hawks have been sort of pushed to the sidelines of this debate about government spending, both from a discretionary and a mandatory point. And so when President Trump went to address that joint session of Congress last week. He spoke about this infrastructure plan that could be as large as $1.5 trillion over 10 years. He spoke about increasing defense spending. He spoke about overhauling some what he referred to as welfare programs and increasing 
training programs to get people back into the workforce. But we didn't really hear much about how he wants to address the the national debt and the increasing annual deficits. Um, that just sort of went unmentioned. Yeah, I don't think the word debt appeared once in the speech. I don't believe so, no. Which brings us to the big announcement last week of a leadership change coming to the House Appropriations Committee, Jen. Bring us up to date on that and what that could mean. Right. So there has been speculation for a few months about House Appropriations Chairman Rodney Freelandheisen. He got a lot of pushback and leadership got a lot of pushback from conservatives after Freelandheisen voted against the GOP tax bill. They sort of were frustrated that a chairman would vote against a massive Republican proposal, but he was voting his district, which is in northern New Jersey. It's a very moderate Republican district. It's going to be a heavily fought campaign for him to win re-election. And so all that speculation um, came to a head last Monday when his office put out an official retirement statement. And within, I think, a couple hours of that, we already had three candidates throw their hats into the ring to seek the appropriations gavel. That is Kay Granger, a Republican of Texas. She currently chairs the Defense Appropriations Subcommittee. Robert Adderholt, who chairs the Agriculture Appropriations Subcommittee. And Tom Cole, who chairs the Labor HHS Subcommittee on the Appropriations Panel. And then there's at least a handful of other House Republicans who are thinking about it. But the important caveat we heard from several of them is that they want to see what happens in the 2018 midterms before they spend a lot of effort advocating to win what is going to be a very tough campaign for appropriations chairman. Well, at least several of them didn't waste any time throwing their hats in. before. But the, the announcement was barely uh, out before they were jumping in, it sounded like. Yeah. And then, of course, there is a continuing speculation on the Senate side about Senate Appropriations Chairman Thad Cochran and whether or not he will stay on as Appropriations Chairman throughout the fiscal 2019 process. So that's something we're watching for in the coming months as well. Because of an illness there that he's been struggling with, yeah. Correct. Okay, so it's really a do-or-die week uh, this week as Congress struggles to keep the government open once again, and CQ will be covering it all for you, as usual. Uh, my thanks to Paul Krozak, our senior budget reporter, and Jennifer Shutt, our appropriations reporter, for joining me again. And thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your CQ budget tracker. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can keep up to date by reading your daily CQ budget newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One. And for more on this subject and other stories, you can visit RollCall.com or CQ.com or find us on Twitter. The handle is at CQNow or at RollCall. See you next week. <laughs>